Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. What a beautiful day in the middle of the country. We have an hour and a half. Cardinals versus the Brewers here, 1220 today. Stay tuned, lots of things. Let's get going. Home improvement is the topic of the hour. All phone lines are open, ready, and willing to talk to you. 314-436-7900. And as always, for many, many years, 800-925-1120. That's toll-free anywhere on the globe. If you can get to the Internet, anywhere in this uh, big flying rock in the uh, uh, in space, give it a call. 800-925-1120. We've got an hour, hour and a half, so uh, bring it on. Let's talk about things in your home. Today is a beautiful day. Golly, I hope you've got some good outdoor things planned. A good opportunity to open up the windows, change the air in your house. This is why when you have a home inspected, one of the things that seems to be important on occupancy, uh, whether it's a uh, municipal inspection or a private inspection for uh, home buyers, home sellers, uh, they report on fix the screens. It's a big deal. You know, you get the critters inside the house with the uh, insects and such, it's a big deal. Well, on a day like today, this is not the day you want damaged screens. So this is something I would uh, get done a little earlier. If not, uh, when it gets a little bit too warm, Take those screens down to a hardware store or somebody that can fix these screens or do it yourself because that's an important thing around the house. Beautiful day. Be outside. Prepare for the outside. We don't get these windows too much, too long, too often. So let's uh, let's do it. Everything is green. We've had good rain. We've had good weather. Now we've just got glorious outdoor opportunities. Let's let's do it. Uh, if you are indeed maintaining the house, and this is one of your DIY do-it-yourself work weekends, let's talk about it because everything really needs to be uh, kind of cleaned after the winter through the season. Uh, a lot of pollen is flying around, so uh, sealing asphalt, sealing concrete. Uh, we don't really generally advise sealing pavers unless you just want a look. Uh, pavers generally don't need to be sealed, but there is a kind of a sheen that can be brought to a paver either way whatever you're sealing a deck included it needs to be power washed clean scrubbed rinsed and dried so think about that as we get forward here uh, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 uh, important thing here so keep that going but keep in mind that this is now the time to get your home ready for entertaining because gosh hopefully we're going to get together a little bit today uh, memorial day weekend and a very uh, somber weekend tends to be more of a family celebration if you will but let's not forget why we're really here our freedom was bought by the courage the lives the service of others if you're listening to my voice you have benefited from our country and those veterans both foreign and abroad, or foreign and at home, that continually um, keep our borders safe. So keep that in mind. This is a reverent weekend. Uh, I wish you all a great gathering, but remember that it was purchased with the lives of so many that, that gave 
in many cases, all of it. Uh, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. Let's make sure that uh, we're getting everything out there and get these questions going. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We are in our 75th year right now, and and, uh, it's kind of a fun thing. Um, So if you have questions, I've probably made these mistakes. People say, where do you learn all this stuff? The answer is, I've made a lot of mistakes, and that is the best way that I learned uh, to to really avoid the future mistakes. Experience is trying and failing, uh, trying, failing, and then learning a better way. And in many cases in our industry, and I find this really interesting, uh, really kind of consumes what my career is today, is finding some of the new greatest best ideas and how they fit together with other technologies or not because some of the best things some of the greatest technology greatest things since sliced bread doesn't play well with our tradespeople, uh, the training, uh, the other technological advances. Uh, for example, we've had um, solvent-based paints for years, very high-performing solvent-based paints. Well, we're kind of messing up the ecology here because of all the solvents and chemicals and such. So we decided, you know, let's let's use water-based. It seems to be a little friendlier to the environment. So we go to the water-based. Well, you know, water-based doesn't exactly play well with solvent-based. Most everything, you know, 20, 30 years ago was all oil-based paint is what I call solvent-based paint. Well, so on my point being that as technology improves, you still can buy oil-based solvent paint, and you can still buy great-performing uh, water-based or latex-type uh, paints and coatings. They, they don't mix, and you can't even use the same paintbrush on it because they're different um, things. You know, some bristles on brushes are just not made for water. Some are just not made for uh, um, solvent and uh, turpentine, the old world word for solvent. Now we use much different than turpentine. Turpentine is still available, but uh, we call it solvent because it, it's a reducer. You can thin the paint. You can clean the paintbrush. You can paint clean everything up with. Anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My job is to kind of find out what works, what doesn't, put you on notice of what may not work for you. Uh, but really, part of what I do uh, that I love, I'm, I have an insatiable curiosity. I love figuring things out. Sometimes why they worked, you know, it works out magnificently. Well, we did the same good stuff we did last project and the project before the project before that. Why was this project so extraordinarily better? Well, long and the short of it, it's usually the clients. The clients are um, better managers of of what they want, better clear about how they want to get there. Uh, they may not know exactly what products and what designs, but they are clear with what they want and what they're trying to do. We are schooled in coaching toward that during the design process, which is why Mosby Building Arts does design build, because it doesn't matter whether we're the best contractor in the world. If we're working with a weak design team, the project suffers. Well, if we've got the best designers in the world and the tradesmen aren't properly trained to do those technologies, install those new appliances, products, uh, caulking, coatings, whatever it is, then the product doesn't work. Well, you get a strong team with both design 
and construction, and they play well together in the sandbox like in kindergarten, boy, howdy, we're off to having a really good project. Then you throw in a good owner that's willing to ask questions like, oh, are there any other options? They are, but they're quite pricey. Like, what does that mean? Well, it might be this, this. It's like, well, what do I get for that extra money? Does it make sense for me? Does it not make sense? And so all of those things are part of what we do at Mosby Building Arts. Phone calls here. Bring them on, 314-436-7900, We've got an hour, hour and a half here. Cardinals come up with the Brewers here. We go to the, K- the KMOX pregame show at uh, 1220 today. So bring it on. Scott Mosby at your service here on KMOX. I'll be right back after this. Live and local, this is St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, oh, a little funk boogie here in the old uh, studio. Uh, never mind. I'll, medication uh, can't adjust this. Scott Mosby here. We have, uh, we're uh, on till the Cardinals play the Brewers here in a little more than an hour. Stay tuned. Let's get going and fire up. Go to the phone lines. Let's talk to my friend Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Thanks for getting us started here on X. How can I help? <laughs> good morning. Um, question. I, I was outside. I noticed the top of my uh, fireplace stack, the cover there is rusted and needs replacement. Um, is there anything I need to know when I call a contractor to do that? Uh, typically, it's done more by uh, fireplace stores, things like that, caps. Uh, oftentimes, they are uh, actually sold by the brick masons and the tuck pointers as well because they usually, you know, they're up there tuck pointing chimneys or doing whatever they're doing, and then they're involved. Well, it's it's a new time for a cap. Uh it, those caps are now typically made out of aluminum and or stainless steel. Uh, so if yours is rusting, it's it's an older cap, probably custom made for that chimney. And they're pricey. Uh, they're, uh, they are pricey. You can have another one custom made. It's almost a dying art uh, for heating and cooling and sheet metal people to bend up and make custom gutters, custom caps, you know, custom ductwork, all of that. It's kind of a buy it out of a box, assemble it like an erector set and put it together. The point being that uh, brick masons will handle this, uh, chimney and fireplace stores will handle this, and for you getting them, sometimes you can go to masonry supply places where the brick masons buy sand and gravel and brick mortar, tuck pointing tools, mixers, things like that. So that's kind of the deal, um, it, but it is a bit of a specialty. So. Uh, if you have it, whichever relationship or whomever you know the best, uh, I'm a big one for, you know, find somebody you trust and then use them as much as you can because it's the trust that gets you from A, a to B, you know, together toward your goal. Do you uh, tend to lean towards the stainless steel one? If you can find them, those, the, they're, they're not out there a whole lot. I personally love the stainless steel because we get hail. I mean, golly, we get sticks, we get hail, we get leaves. I mean, all that stuff dents up the aluminum. Aluminum is 90% of the market because they're lightweight, um, they're inexpensive. Uh, and the stainless steel, you have fewer choices, and they're like four times the cost. So an aluminum cap might be $400, and then you're looking at you know $1,200 for a stainless steel cap. And it's, whoa, I don't know if it's worth $1,200 for me. So Yeah, sure, sure. Especially at my age, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of where you're going is, you know, you get what you pay for, but, you know, sometimes you, you get what you ask for, which is, wow, <laughs> that's how much stainless yeah. steel is. Well, thanks so much. 
yeah, good luck. And if you know a good tuck pointer or fireplace shop or whomever, you know, chimney sweep, um, those are all good places to start with all that. Okay, great. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Mike. Good question. A good time of year for that, too, for heaven's sakes. I mean, uh, uh, if you're getting your fireplace um, running, which we're in the summer, so we just finished it, you're generally uh, pretty sure that the critters aren't living in your chimney because, you know, in February and March, you might have used the fireplace or whatever. If not, uh, it, it, it may be time to get that chimney clean by a good chimney sweep as well. Then open that same thing. It, having your whole thing inspected is just a real dandy thing. It's kind of like going to the physician. You go to your general practitioner for a once over look see well you know something you set on fire and put you know embers and flames and heat up might be a good thing to kind of have checked so uh, this is a good season to have that done because if there is tuck pointing if there is uh, chimney cap work and that might be the cement cap around the top and then the hood which is what i'm calling a cap today and what mike and i were just discussing those are important too because you those come with kind of a hardware cloth and a screen uh, to kind of keep the squirrels out, the birds, and all the stuff that makes for a really uh, weird fall when you go to fire up your chimney in the first cold uh, time next fall, and all of a sudden the house fills up with smoke because some bird built a nest in the top of your chimney or some silly thing like that. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900, uh, This chimney cap thing is kind of an interesting thing because as we put on a room addition or we remodel a house or in, in the last few years people buy a home and then work it over, we call them, you know, home makeovers or whole house uh, remodels. Well, you know, then we go looking for trouble. It's like, you know, you're going to probably wind up, you're out here in the woods, it's a beautiful location, but the squirrels are going to have a really happy day around the top of your chimney. You might want to camp there. That's how we get involved. So anyway, that's how our experience comes. Let's go next to our next caller, Tom, and see what's cooking with him. Hey, Tom, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. How can I help? Yes, sir. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, My wife and I are doing a new home build in Missouri, a house that's less than 2,000 square feet. And we're just trying to understand the different pros and cons of using an air conditioner system that's like the old conventional furnace air conditioner units versus these new type split units that we're seeing being advertised now. The one concern we've had is we've heard that the split units can't handle the colder weather that we have in Missouri unless you upgrade to the to the better, more expensive units, which kind of puts it out of reach for for most people, but I just wonder if you could expand on on those two units. Well, uh, you're exactly right. A split system is pretty much a room air conditioner. The advantage, the energy efficiency, and the really neat nature of that is you can have room A at 68 degrees in the winter, and then you can have room B right next to it at 75 degrees. So you're you're adding your energy where you want it. Uh, the second thing about split systems is there's no ductwork. So it's just a line set, just like an air conditioner goes through. Um, and so you have an indoor air handler, a thing that hangs on the wall or actually builds uh, built in into the ceiling drywall. There are some of those. Actually, I have one of those. I like them. Um, the other thing is, is they tend to be very, very high efficiency. Uh, you know, so you're going to spend you know, uh, just material costs. So $3,000 on a sear that might be 
16. I don't mean I don't even know if you can get them. You know, but for $300 more, you get a sear that's a 22, you know, some really high efficiency thing. So those are the advantages of control, lack of duct work. Um, when you start putting them through a house, 2,000 square foot still a pretty good size house, um, you have a lot of units. So, you know, you have, you're buying a condenser and a heater in every one of those. And the thing about adding a heat strip on those uh, uh, heat pumps, these are, very, these are all fully heat pumps. But when you get below 20 degrees, 15 degrees, and we do in Missouri here, you need more heat. So you go to an electric strip. So it's just a space heater. Uh, I, I don't mind those at all but because they're really not that much more money because you're using the very high-efficiency split system in the heat pump 95% of the time. So you're firing up this space heater heat strip only occasionally when it gets down to 5 degrees, 0 degrees, you know, 4 below. Uh, so you don't often use those expensive uh, electric furnaces, which is what they are, as you add heat because the heat pump can't generate it out of the air the way it does. Um, so that's the thing. When you get four or five of these things throughout the house, you've more than purchased a ducted central system, but you've also purchased a system that's usually pretty highly efficient. It will have heat strips in this part of the country, um, and there's a lot of them. So you get the control, but you know you, you have five um, condensing units outside your house if you have five rooms that you're doing. You can gang them. You can have a single or a two-gang condenser outside and, uh, you know, heat one room or heat or cool one room and then have a second uh, wall or ceiling unit on that as well. So you can gang those together so two rooms have one or you can get, you know, a unit that actually does three and four. I'm not familiar in those. We use these as supplemental heat uh, for those of you that have bedrooms over the garage, um, you know, second floor bedrooms that just never get hot or never get cold. And, and the tough part about ductwork is it's hard to balance it out when you have one central unit. So anyway, I have a lot to say about that, Tom. I hope all that kind of helps you. It was a bit, little bit of an info dump, but uh, does that help you at all? Yes, thank you very much. We're, we'll consider those units uh, as as our floor plan is pretty open, and we, we wouldn't need as many as as uh, we, we think. So uh, we definitely will consider that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would add <clears throat> ceiling fans because the sweet part of these is you can get them for big rooms, so you just get a bigger unit, and it still has a line set. It might have one unit on the wall or two units on the wall. But moving that there, not having a central fan and duct system, uh, moving and moderating the hot spots and the cold spots might have some value. So as you use a split system in a big room, I would suggest you then uh, make sure you put kind of a ceiling fan or some sort of a central ventilating blower um, um, air mixing unit. Great. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Hey, good topic, Tom. Boy, we started off with some good ones. Chimney caps and split systems. These, I don't get to speak to these items too much. And boy, howdy, they are definitely part of the world, at least in our part of the country. All right. Thanks, Tom. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Bring it on. Got some phone lines open here. I know it's Memorial Day, and there's a lot of things happening around, certainly for you. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Golly, it's beautiful outside. Uh, today is the day to do 
anything. <laughs> well, I'll be right back for more after this on University of KMOX. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. This afternoon, the Cards, the Brewers, Ameren Pregame Show 1220, first pitch 115 on KMOX and streaming on KMOX.com. Oh, yeah, baby. A little reggae there. Let's go. A uh, little island action right here in the middle of the U.S., St. Louis, and Midwest. Beautiful weather. What are you doing today? You going to go see the Cardinals? Oh, yeah, baby. They. Uh, yeah, you don't even have to go anywhere. Just stay right here on KMOX. We're broadcasting cards versus the Brewers here about 12, 15, 12, 20, something like that, right after the Home Improvement Show. So stay tuned. Lots of things happening. Now is the time to kind of get your house out of mothballs from the the winter. Uh, I know, uh, and and that's been forestalled primarily because of we've got rain, uh, lots of things like that. So our weather has been um, eventful. Let's put it that way, uh, with tornadoes and storms and rain and uh, boy, howdy, the plants are really happy have you noticed uh so anyway uh, lots of things to do but just keep in mind don't let it slip until the real hot humid weather hits which we've had a little bit of that too uh so just uh, take it when you can get it but when you choose your outdoor times like i do i, I love being outdoors for any reason any time um it's just when the extremes go too hot or too cold i'm out there less time uh, interesting though so, anyway, uh, let's get to uh, Archie, see what's happening on the phone calls. Hey, Archie, welcome. Good morning, KMOX. How can I help? Good morning, and thank you so much for your show. Thank you. I wanted to get, I know you probably don't give out prices and that, but I was just wondering if you could give me like a ballpark figure uh, for the cost to build a three-car garage. And, uh, and then... Uh, Tell me the difference in trussels and mm-hmm. stick built. And then I have a second question. Should I give that to you now? Or wait till you uh, yeah. the first I'm one? I'm writing these down, Archie. Trussels okay. and stick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the, my basement, is. It, I get dampness in the basement. Uh-huh. And I was just wondering, uh, can a sump uh, pump alone, can that help uh, with the wet basement? And does the sump pump need to be a certain distance from the electric panel? Mm. Man, uh, hang on to your hat. These are both long answers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because both are real. You know, you can go so many different ways with these uh, points, and they're really good questions. Uh, First off, um, a garage is a garage is a garage. Not really. Um, there are garage builders um, that are prefab manufacturers that actually build wall panels, two by fours, plywood, all that. You know, they have everything they, ready for siding to go up. And then they have the trusses and then they ship plywood and it all comes out on a truck and they just kind of drop this thing like a pile. You, you know, it normally like lumber stick build a bunch of pieces of boards down. They actually lay down 
wall sections and in almost a day or day and a half after the concrete is uh, poured and all that uh, they put these panels up and it's kind of a subcontracted sort of thing so the guy that supplies all the lumber is still the contractor that does these things and then they hire out crews to put things together kind of like an erector set and it goes up very quickly Uh, they're inexpensive you can buy a, a one car garage bay for anywhere I'm, I'm in these are four-year-old prices i'm a little out of i haven't done anything with a garage like this but for an example they would be maybe 15 to twenty-five thousand per garage section um, if you have that custom built where you want a you don't want the garage to be two feet wider two feet longer two feet taller steeper roof those are those features and options don't exist in these standard um, modular prefab garage makers because their advantage you know it's kind of like henry ford and the model a model t and all it's like you can have everything you want as long as the color is black you know so you just don't get any options you don't get any choices but what you do get is a lot for not a lot of money if it works you can add a man door you know electric is typically done by you later uh, things like that um, so you don't have much changeability in the modular prefab guys but Man, you can get a garage pretty inexpensively. They're pretty attractive. You can kind of change a few of your sidings and what kind of shingles, but that's kind of it. When you get into picking or matching any architecture around the house, or maybe you're trying to kind of shoehorn this thing into a small lot where, you know, you've got to change the garage a little, that takes you totally out of the prefab guys and gets you into somebody like a remodeler like me because now you need plans. Let me go back to the prefab. Oftentimes the blueprints on that whole garage project may be on two small pieces of paper because there are no options and it's always the same and always the same size. So then they add a site plan that shows where the garage goes and they go in for a permit and it all comes out. When you start choosing options, um, you know, when you want a different siding, when you want brick, uh, that means your foundation is different. Uh, if you want a uh, uh, concrete driveway, typically the garage builder prefab guys, they don't mess with driveways. They don't mess with electric. They don't, you know, they, it's just outside there. They do what they do, and that's all they do, and that's why it's inexpensive. Uh, when you get into my, custom. My, 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 uh, my, my, my uh, concrete is already poured, you know. Right. Tell me how. I mean, it, 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 it's 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 just already poured for the three car garage. The, the garage is in, in the back of the house. It's not a. It's just oh. a. This is a city property, Y'all and you have to nice... enter the garage from the alley. Rare. But yeah. uh, I've already had concrete poured, you know, mm-hmm. for a walkway and uh, you know the parking space and and the footing and everything. That's already poured. Okay. Right. Okay, uh, what will be required for somebody to follow that up and build on that is to prove that there was an inspection, a permit, and the footings are deep enough. So there's still the responsibility of whoever builds this garage to prove to the city that, mm-hmm. yeah, the concrete is properly put in. So there's that responsibility. But right. when you're doing a three-car garage like that, you're, in your words, you're stick building. So this is a custom-built garage because it has to be the size of that three-car concrete that exists. Uh, the concrete's kind of pricey, so that's a real advantage to have that. But you're going to spend uh, pretty much twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars per.
per garage space. So your garage space there is going to be seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars to build this garage with kind of a vinyl siding and typical thing and truss roof. Um, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but I, you know, right. I know it's not fifty, and I I don't think it's a hundred and fifty. So you're kind of in a significant thing because every all the lumber comes in per piece. Then you pay some guys to carry the lumber and cut the lumber and you know and assemble. The difference between trusses and stick built is uh, primarily just how it's engineered. If you've got concrete and it's got full four side structural footings, um, then how you build that roof, you can stick build it or truss build it. The difference is price. When you're stick building, when you're literally putting together lumber in the old school way that everything was built back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, when you're building by piece, anything is possible. Everything is possible. Um, So you can have your roof look like in in trusses. um, Once you start making a complex roof out of roof trusses, um, trusses are dramatically less costly because they're built in a factory setting, hauled over to your site, and probably plunked down in the uh, alley. The downside of that kind of a project is that those trusses have to be quickly carried onto your property so it doesn't Im- impede the traffic in the alley for trash and neighbors and all the stuff that those alleys are built for. Um, how am I doing so far here? You're doing great. I'm following you. Okay, yeah, you got a handful. So anyway, trusses, unless you have a really ornate roof, and garages, you know, unless you're going to do a really cool carriage house, in which case none of my prices count. Now you're into 200000 250 on top of your concrete. Right. But to just have a good-looking roof with a good slope and gutters and all that, it's a pretty affordable thing. Now, granted, lumber's gone way up and all, and labor's obscene and such, but still... You're in that, in my opinion, seventy-five to hundred thousand dollar price range somewhere, plus concrete driveway, plus electric, plus you know however special many doors and windows you you know. But that pretty much gets you close. Right. Okay. okay. You ready for your basement? I'm ready now. <laughs> or do I already? Did I leave you with a headache already, Archie? I haven't no, even got. No. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm pretty much with you. You know, and I, and I and I'm and I'm getting what I need, and that's like a ballpark figure. You know. Yeah. I know yeah. you can't be exact, and it's based on what I want. You know. Amen. So I'm Amen. I'm getting I'm getting that from you. Right? Good. Good. Glad to serve. Next up on the basement. Um, how old is your house? Oh, it's an older city house. It's probably over, I'm sure it's over 100 years old. Do you have a stone foundation? Stone foundation, right. All right. It's going to be damp forever. (laughs) 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 Uh, One method of water filtration is a limestone water filter. So when we talk about the aquifer underground that's holding the water, The reason that's good water and sweet water, as we call it, is because that water has been filtered down through the bedrock, usually limestone in our part of the country, and so we know water passes through it. Stone in itself will transfer moisture from one side of it if it's there's an outside and an inside it'll you know if it's wet outside it'll it'll dry itself to the inside so it moves that moisture to the inside of your house if if it's if your basement's filled up with water then that high concentration it'll migrate through that stone to the outside to try and dry itself long and the short of it is stone lets moisture move through it 
brick lets moisture move through it. Even concrete lets moisture move through it because it's kind of a man-made limestone, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just really hard to handle, Archie, because in between all of those stones are man-made mortar joints that are a century old, and even when they get tuck-pointed, tuck-pointing only goes in about an inch or inch and a half at the most from both the outside and the inside. Generally, the outside foundation can't be accessed because, you know, it's backfilled with soil and sidewalks are on top of it and all that stuff. So the long and the short of it is, if you have standing, pooling, puddling water, you have a leaky basement, then your drain tile and sump pump can help. So the sump pump is basically a bucket. You know, just think of a trash can buried in the soil with a bunch of holes in it, and then you put a pump in it that, you know, when the water comes into that bucket and raises, that pump just triggers on and pumps it out. Well, the way to really get the water, dewater out of a basement is some sort of a pipe or gathering system that invites, makes it really easy for that water under the slab and next to the foundation to come into that sump bucket or sump pit, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you need lateral pipes, which means you're breaking up your basement floor, or you put in a couple of sump pumps, various places around the basement. Don't worry about where the electric is. That's the cheapest date. The, the, believe it or not, it's the breaking the concrete, putting in the collection piping, uh, known generally as drain tile. Then, you know, so the electricity is easy. You just run a wire to it. You put a ground fault electric, and the sump pump plugs in, and away, away you go. But with an old 100-year-old stone foundation, uh, you know, $50,000 will make it less damp mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. you know it just, you just it just it it is what it is and that and this is what that was the technology of the day right now does the does the pump have to be installed a a certain distance from the electric panel no you know what i mean no it, it does not um, it has to have a gr- ground, and what that means away from the electric panel, the, the typical thing is you can't grab a grounded metal pipe or any kind of a, even a faucet, a sink faucet, uh, a shower head. You, the code says you can't have anything about five feet away where you can gr- hold onto a grounding metal pipe and then touch an electrical source, and then you become the wire conductor, zap, pop, you know, you electrocuted yourself and you're dead. That is solved with the GFI, GFCI ground fault circuit interrupter, which means that if ever that third wire starts carrying or sensing that there's no current coming, it shuts down the electrical source right away. So that's where a ground fault or GFI, as we kind of crudely say at the... uh, you see what I mean? So yeah, right. you can you can put and and actually the building code requires an electrical outlet for service right on the electric panel by code, you know, so that the electrician that comes to change a breaker can plug in a light and see what he's doing. So uh, there is no electrical limitation of where you can put it. Only what kind of circuit breaker you put in. Right. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I certainly appreciate you uh, you taking this time to explain uh, these things, and, and you've made it very, very clear, and I understand exactly <clears throat> what you're saying as it relates to the garage and the basement. Right, right on. Archie, thank you. Good topics, too. I enjoy, I enjoy helping. 
Okay. Thank you very much, Scott, and keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. All right. Home improvement, Archie, with uh, um, three-car garage, how much is a garage, damp basement, and such. We're going to take a short pause and take a break right here on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh, baby. Yeah, let's go. Oh, moonwalk, moonwalk. Not dated there, am I? Oh, okay. Radio? Never mind. Okay. Scott Mosby here, closing minutes of hour one. We've got a few more minutes after the news, weather, and sports before we go to the Cards Brewers game. Um, I'm on till about 12.15. Uh, we go to 12.20 on the pregame. Stay tuned. Cards are going at it again. Uh, go Cards. How's that? Uh, also, as we get into the economy of all this, uh, the uh, what's happening in housing, I love to speak to these things because uh, they affect me directly. They affect you directly. Uh, and it's interesting. So I watched lumber futures. I, uh, I watched lumber. How much is the price of lumber per thousand board feet? So, you know, when a bunk of lumber is one of those big stacked up things, it's about three feet by three feet by however long the lumber pieces are. Um, uh, A bunk of lumber is a thousand board feet generally uh, in loose terms. So that means one foot by one foot by a finished three quarter inch board. So a, a one by 12, one feet long, one foot long, that is one board foot. Uh, at its highest, it got to be seventeen hundred and sixty something dollars, a dollar seventy six per board foot. Um, historically, it's been, uh, you know, before the whole COVID thing, you know, and, and even even when business, business building business was uh, ramping up and getting busy, golly, it it was three four sometimes really expensive at five hundred dollars per thousand board feet, per thousand as we call it. Um, now it's down. It's down to like eight hundred and fifty, nine hundred dollars for um, June and July delivery. So it was up as high as seventeen fifty. Then about a month, month or two ago, it was eleven hundred dollars. Then down to a thousand. And now with uh, some of the changes, um, the the hot real estate market is cooling off. Um, we still have to create far more households. We've got to build houses because we're creating far, uh, households faster than we're creating new homes. So there is still remains a housing shortage. But uh, the, the whole craziness is beginning to moderate. And when I say beginning to moderate, that means we're kind of we're on our way down more so than on our way up. So at least we're trending in the correct uh, direction there. So just be aware uh, this will soften your hearing about some of the, you know, Uh, layoffs in some of the large-scale companies that just flew too high and now they're going to crash too low. Anyway, uh, stay tuned. Cards and Brewers next right here on University of KMOX. What a day in St. Louis. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, good afternoon, lunchtime, KMOX. We've got 10 more minutes. Bring on some phone calls. Bring it on. Phone lines, 314-436-7900. Toll free anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120. 
800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. We've got about 10 more minutes here before we uh, go to the Cardinal Brewers pregame show. So there's something important important to you right now, I'm sure. Uh, as we get into the heating season, uh, I want you, and certainly by now you've probably discovered whether your air conditioner is working or not working. If you have not checked it or run it, um, um, make sure the condensate, the drain line, uh, for those of you that have furnaces in the basement, uh, that'll be a little white PVC or a clear tube that comes out of kind of the middle of your unit if it's an upflow furnace, um, and, and that goes down to a floor drain. That is the humidity that's taken out of the air when the air is blown by your ductwork past the coil. So that thing outside your house makes everything inside your furnace cold in the A-coil or C-coil, whatever it is. Um, the point being is when that moist air hits that cold metal, it condenses, drips down into the pan, and you know drains into that floor drain in the basement. There are attic-installed units that are up in a warm, moist environment that can cause real problems, as well as the ductwork that's up there, because when that ductwork gets cold in a vented, a properly ventilated attic, um, when warm, moist air hits cold metal, just like your soda can out on the uh, patio, um, droplets form. It The water, the moisture vapor condenses out of the air and becomes little water droplets on the outside of your iced tea glass or on the outside of your ductwork, on the outside of, or on the inside of your furnace. The point, and that's where the condensate is. For those of you that have these uh, units up in the attic, um, make really sure that your condensate drains are have been cleaned. For those of you that don't need to get your air conditioner system service because it just keeps working every year you know you're lucky but not so for your condensate drain make sure that that gets cleaned out somehow because you know the definition of this condensate drain is that it's warm dark and wet all the time i'm pretty sure the primordial ooze created all kinds of uh, bacteria and things at uh, the beginning of the earth so uh, there are a lot of um, unhealthy things growing inside that pipe. Uh, this is also the history of what you've heard of maybe years ago called Legionnaire's disease. There was a hotel and they had the, the, the American Legion had a big convention there and they all wound up with respiratory ailments. Come to find out that the heating and cooling system, those condensate drains were wet and the, it inhaled all the air through that pipe past all that bacteria and it made all the occupants of that hotel sick. And so it came to be called as Legionnaire's disease after they spent the next year trying to figure out what happened, what they had, how did they treat the patients, and then, holy smokes, everybody was in one building, everybody outside the building was fine, must be something related to the building. So now, on your little P-traps, um, or on that condensate drain, you may have a PVC, a white, you know, half-inch pipe that drops down with a 90 and then another have a little u in it you know if it's on its side it looks like the letter p is in paul um called a p trap same thing underneath your sink it's a it's a trap so air doesn't blow past that bacteria in the pipe for those of you with clear drain p trap lines those are they put a little circle in it which puts a water charge trapped in that 
um, tube and it doesn't allow the air to pass through that tube because your furnace is trying to inhale air through the return and then blow it or positive push out of the furnace on the supply side. And long and the short of it is uh, take these condensate drains really seriously. Get them cleaned uh, because if they plug up, that's where they leak. When they leak up in the attic or places that have drywall on the second floor, sometimes second floor closets for two-story homes, you know, you can wind up with damaging some drywall underneath it as that condensate tube plugs up. And then again, for those on the second floor, there's also a condensate pan. Sometimes some will custom make a um, kind of a little dish like a dinner bowl that sits underneath the furnace and holds the water in that. Well, you know, whoever cleans those out, well, dust settles. And so anyway, my point being that, frankly, your condensate drain needs more service than your air conditioner. Uh, But if you don't know what I'm talking about, call your uh, service tech, get him out there or her out there, uh, because this is getting to be more and more of a computer operation service method, just like appliances. The point being, have them come out and clean that condensate drain and then check and service your AC unit for the season because it's important. Kind of similar to the same old thing with the uh, uh, chimney cap that I got into on hour one. So anyway, that's a big deal. Uh, Outside, especially on a day like today when the weather is just plain glorious, uh, make sure you're cleaning the leaves, the dust, away from your condensate uh, condenser, which is the blowing fan thing outside when the air conditioner works. Or if you have a heat pump, it blows and does that year-round for heating and both cooling. The point being is that needs a lot of airflow to come past those fins to make the exchange between hot and cold, cold and hot, depending upon the season. So all those planter pots you stuffed back there, the ladder and the, you know, potting, you know, all that stuff that goes over there in that kind of ugly place of your yard, move that stuff away. You need two to three feet of clear airspace above it. And all the way around it, uh, even if your unit has fins on only three sides, at least you need to clear airspace on those three sides. So that's how it relates to heating, cooling, and such. Uh, also, for those with irrigation systems, we <laughs> quite haven't really needed it yet. But uh, if you want to get your system tested or turned on, make sure you fire that thing up before you need it. Because if you wait till July when it's really hot, um, and this is what I would do. I, I typically wait until it gets really hot. I don't need to irrigate. a a yard now because we've had so much rain well golly what if it froze over the winter am i going to wait to the point that i really need it now today instantly here now to keep my yard alive so make sure you get those things if you inspect what you expect if you expect this irrigation system to work make sure you fire that thing on uh sometimes with uh, uh winterizing uh, little pet cocks, the little uh, screwdriver turned um, uh, drains on your irrigation system. If it's a central system, make sure you at least run that thing through all of the uh, cycles and see that it's working. Uh, those of you with pools and fountains, you, you know the the gig. Uh, and if you haven't fired up your lawnmower by now, holy smokes, uh, get her going. Uh, whether electric or gas, uh, it's time they they need service, no matter what they are, just like you and me. And again. As it relates to uh, your door locks, and this is a safety and a security thing. Yes, I want the door to latch, you know, freely when it closes, screen doors as well. 
uh, make sure that the deadbolts line up and they move freely and and safely uh, because trying to get out in a fire is a big deal. Anyway, stay tuned. We've got the Cards and the Brewers coming up next here, right here on KMOX. I'll see you next week, folks, on University of KMOX. 